Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I'd like to start with something funny. And um, I heard about this couple who had been married for 60 years and they were sitting on the front porch together feeling romantic. And the wife says, I remember when you used to hold my hand. And so he reached over to her and held her hand. I also remember that you always used to kiss me on the cheek. So he leans over and kisses her on the cheek. She said, I even remember that you used to nibble my ear. The men got up and started to walk away. She says, where are you going? He says, I'm just going to get my teeth. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, no. Okay, another one? No, no, I I've got no more. I've got no more. I've got no more. You know, it was already kind of said before, which I find pretty amazing that, you know, do you know how special you are? Do you know how amazing you are? Do you know what amazing gifts you've been given from God? Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how special you are? You do, at least one of them. Just say to your neighbor, you are special. You are special. <laughs> you know, God has given all of us grace gifts. He's all given us divine gifts for us to, to share. We're all very unique people. Everybody is so unique and so special. And in this body that we are together, in this place, it's so beautiful. It's this organ, this community that we brought into. It's so wonderful that we can use our gifts to bless each other. And we need all of us. We need all of our roles. We need all of our gifts and talents to bless each other. This is what Paul says. I'm going to have a lot of scripture today. I mean, I know that um, research shows that many Christians don't even read the Bible. Psalms not even once a week. Did you know that? So I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. Is that all right with you? Yes. You come to church, might as well hear a lot of scripture, okay? Here we go. Paul says in Romans 12, 4 in the Passion, In the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body of Christ. This means we are all vitally joined. Everybody say vitally. That's a very strong word, vitally joined with each other, contributing to the other. So we are all contributing to each other, but we are vitally joined together. That's a strong word. I love this. We are, tell your neighbor, I'm vitally joined to you. <laughs> vitally joined to you. It's so powerful. We have such vital things to contribute to the other. And you know, without our contribution... The body doesn't function as well, does it? We need each other. We, you are vital. We are all vital to this community. And without our contribution, we cannot build the house of God. We, know, we cannot help to grow this beautiful place and reach out to the world. Now, I want to do the same scripture now in the message translation. Now, I hardly ever use the message, but today I do for a moment just to honor Eugene Peterson who passed uh, last week. Uh, so I thought I'd just read this in the, in the Bible, in the message translation. It's beautiful, actually. In this way, we are all like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its, look at this, its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us, look at this, each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. That's pretty powerful. 
But as a chopped off finger and a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these, look at this, excellently formed and marvelously function, functioning parts of Christ's body. Isn't it beautiful? We are each of us excellently formed and marvelously functioning part of his body. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we are not. This is not a comparison. The worst thing you can ever do is to compare yourself with somebody else. You know, it never turns out good. doesn't mean that you cannot esteem somebody, honor somebody, and say, man, I like to be like him in the sense I want to grow like him. I think it's awesome. I want to be, that's fine. But not compare, like putting yourself down, I'm not, whatever, you know. It is so terrible. Let's celebrate each other. Let's celebrate who each other are. We are so uniquely fashioned in each way, isn't it? I find it very interesting. It says here, you will actually find meaning in life. When you are functioning in a body like this and you are contributing in the way that you can only do, that you will actually find meaning in life. So many people are finding, trying to find meaning in life. I tell you, you can find meaning in life by serving other people to contribute your unique talent. Amen? I think it's really, really powerful. And so God has given us grace gifts in Romans 12 and also in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not going to read it all right now. You can read it by yourself. I will touch on it in a minute. But it talks about the gift of serving, for example. For those who serve, serve well. For those with the gift of encouragement. I mean, what a beautiful heavy gift of encouragement. Can I ask you, who's got the gift of encouragement? Wow. Look at how many there are. I didn't see you put your hand up. Anybody encourage me, please? No, just see how many there are. I mean, what a beautiful gift to have. I have the one, the gift of, of, of encouragement. I think I do anyway. And, and so encouragement, what a power. If we all use our gift, see the other people who didn't have this gift, see, they need you. So why don't you today, you know, before you leave, you know, encourage the encouragers. Just go around five people, you know, and just bless the socks out of them, you know, because that's what you are. You're made for this. What about prophecy? Those who prophesy. Well, last week we had all these people, you know, prophesying over everybody. Wonderful. Of course, each one of us can prophesy, and then you got the prophets, you know. But the thing is, though, prophesy, you know, Paul says more than anything else, I want you to prophesy. Why? Because you can bring the gold out of people. You can speak into their lives. You can propel them into their destiny. It is very important to prophesy. So that, Guys who love to prophesy, go for it. But I suggest we all learn to prophesy and help people propel themselves into the destiny. Leadership. If yours is leadership, lead diligently. Show us how to lead. Come on. What about teaching? If your kids is teaching, teach. Train our people. Be involved with this. What about generosity of giving? I love people who give because they pay the bills. I mean, we all pay the bills, but the thing is, though, those who have of giving, you know, they have like this accelerated way of making money, and they can pay the bills here, and they pay the bills for outreach, and those guys who need money here, you know, I mean, Janelle needs five thousand dollars, the other guys need about four and a half thousand, four thousand dollars. I'm telling you because Cyrus didn't tell you. So the thing is, though, and, we, and as a church, by the way, we've given them some money, all of the we give us some money in, in our pot for missions because there's, there's a bit of money in there. So praise Jesus, we can. But man, they need more money. So those who have the gift of giving, you can show, yay! I can give. Right? And so, I'm not going to put your hand up who's, who's got that gift, but I think it's wonderful <laughs> for have that gift of gift. Mercy and compassion. Oh, how we need mercy and compassion. Come on. 
display just the beauty of God, the love of God, the care of God in our church and wherever you go. Administration helps while the most important things. I mean, I know I want to just honor Joe. Joe Taylor, where are you, Joe? Are you in the back? Joe, I mean, she is just stepping up in this church like amazing. And she's trying to organize all the stuff with, with planning center. Honestly, it is way beyond me, you know. But the thing is, though, she is so amazing. And Rick Martin, who's also going to be more involved like this. I mean, these guys organize us. And it's just amazing what you do because it's just, you put wheels on the stuff that we have vision for. So thank you. And we honor you, you know. I mean, hospitality. We're all called to hospitality. But how wonderful if we can be hospitable. The most wonderful thing we can do as a Christian is to invite people to our home and bless people, Right? So it's wonderful. Imagine what an amazing place that will be. What an amazing body we would be if we all start to work together in our giftings. Man, there would be no lack. Everybody be encouraged. Everybody be prophesied over. Everybody be healed over. I mean, it's just amazing. Is anybody getting excited? You're very quiet this morning. Man, heaven comes, you know, when this stuff starts happening, you know. It says in Ephesians 4.16 here, it says, For his body is, has been formed in his image and is closely uh, connected, uh, joined sorry, to, together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts. Tell yourself, I've been given divine gifts. I've been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. In NIV in verse 15, it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up. That's the goal. Grow up in Him, in Christ. For in Him, the whole body joined to held together by the supporting ligaments grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That means we all have to do some work. That we all got to do something, not just be something. We talk a lot in our church about being something. It's wonderful to have our identity in Christ as Son of God. And it's wonderful and we love it. And everything comes out of that. But guys, there's work to be done. God wants us to learn to serve one another and then to be able to serve the world around us. Amen? It's so powerful. Maturity. That's what Paul says even to Timothy. He says, stir up the gift in him. Stir up your gift, Timothy. Fan into flame. It says in 2 Timothy, here what? I told you I have a lot of scripture today. Am I talking too fast? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So you've been given gifts, you've been given purpose, and the Spirit that we've been given is not a spirit of timidity. So you don't have to be fearful. I don't know how to use my gift or whatever. No, it's given not fearful. It is a, it's a confident spirit that He's given you, and you can be confident in the giftings that God has given to you. The most humble thing you can ever do is to rise up and to be who you really are. It's not a, it's not a prideful thing to be who you really are. You can have pride in your heart. Well, stop it. You know, we all have pride in our hearts. You know what I mean? But the thing is, though, the whole thing is step up in who you are as a son of the living God, a daughter of the living God, and know who you are, know what your gifts are, and then to start serving and be involved in this thing. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Now, today, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about something else. This is the precursor. See, we've been given a lot of gifts, and it's wonderful, and, it's one, and we've talked about it before. But I would, I would like to more concentrate on, okay, how do we then function together with these gifts? What is the attitude? What is the, what is the thing that, that binds us together? In this? How do we work together? And I've got this beautiful scripture here in Romans 12, 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. 
Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Here some of those gifts are coming through. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. See, I knew it. We're in the Bible. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you hear burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May the Lord bless his word. Lord, I love your word. I love everything that you do. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your power. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us a spirit, not only of fear, but you've given us a spirit of love, of self-discipline, but also a spirit of goodness. Lord, you are so good, and we bless your name for who you are. The goodness of God, guys, leads to repentance. The goodness of God is so amazing. The goodness of God through our lives is amazing how it just uh, propels people into the destiny. It blesses people and encourages people. See, the thing is, it's one thing to have gifts in our church. All of us can have gifts and we can use the gifts. But how do we use together? How do we keep safe? How do we keep safe as people? What is the, what is the basis of our relationships? How does living in harmony look like when we all start, you know, giving and serving and doing our stuff? Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The New King James says this, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly, sisterly love in honor, giving preference to each other. The Passion says this, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourself in respect and honoring one another. Well, what do you think of that? Isn't that an incredible scripture? Try and outdo. So you can have actually competition in this thing. I outdo. I'm going to respect you more and honor you more than you respect and honor me. I'm going to just outdo you. I mean, don't, don't take it to a place that's not helpful, you know. It's not all blacks versus Australia, you know what I mean? All blacks is very well. Can, Canterbury didn't. Canterbury didn't. But anyway. One of these days. Honestly, I'll do. See, I tell you, the currency of heaven is faith, right? The kingdom of God lives on faith. By faith, we access the things of God. We access the promises of God. Everything is by faith. Without faith, you can't please God. So the currency of heaven is faith. But we know also that the core value, one of the main core values of the kingdom is honor. One of the greatest expression of love is honor. 
We had a, a leaders meeting here with our live group, Connect Group Leaders, about 50 people on a Tuesday night. And we talked about, we're trying to find five uh, core values. And one of the ones that most people, all of them, I think, agree upon now is honor. Honor is one of our core values and presence. That's number one uh, in, in the core values. But it's important, isn't it? So faith is beautiful because faith is the currency of heaven and we bring the reality of heaven into our lives, right? It's through faith. But it is love and honor that sustain the culture. It sustains our relationship. It helps our relationship. It protects our relationship. It enhances our relationship. It builds our relationship. Honor is the most powerful expression of love. And actually, you know that the, the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they live in this love. I mean, they are love. But the way they love each other is continue honor and respect. You know, the pyrochoresis, you know, the dance of the Godhead. And we've been brought in by Christ Jesus. But it's just beautiful how they honor one another. They, they honor each other. It's very, very powerful. Honoring. It's core value of heaven. See, it's honor. It's an attitude that releases and sustains the kingdom of God. I think you have it on here. Honor is the attitude that releases and sustains what we are building and what we are living in, in the kingdom of God. It is honor that attracts heaven. It attracts the smile of God over your life, over your relationship. It is so incredibly powerful. It is an attitude that says, I will honor you no matter what. It says this too, I am devoted to you no matter what, and I will honor you above myself. Now, that's what I do with every wedding that I take. Because every wedding, I say, listen, the basis of your wedding, your marriage, is going to be covenant, right? It's unconditional love. It is honoring one another above each other. We will love, we will honor no matter what. Amen? Now, it doesn't always work out because both parties have to commit themselves to it. What I'm trying to do at a wedding is to commit themselves to it. But sometimes things go wrong, and some of you have lost your, your marriage, and I feel really sorry for that because some of the things have gone a bit wayward in this area of honoring one another. It is very, very powerful, though. It says in Hebrews 13, 4, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bad kept pure. The thing is, though, that's, of course, you don't go, when you marry, you don't sleep with somebody else, Right? But it also means just the, 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 the covenant that is there. It's just the, the honoring of marriage together. It is so powerful. It is so strong. The NLT says this about verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. See, honor is always life-giving in any relationship, in marriage, but any friendship, any family, any relationship, honor is very life-giving. Now, the thing is, though, what is the basis of honor? <clears throat> we honor because we are honorable people, right? We don't honor because the other person is honorable necessarily, or you agree with them, or right. They may even abuse you. It's not that. We don't agree with dysfunction, right? It's not about that. But we honor other people because we are honorable people. That's the basis of our honor. It is not about the other person. It is actually about you. Because we are sons and daughters of the living God, it's because that's how God works. He always honors. He doesn't agree with some of the stuff you don't do, and he will discipline you, and he gets you into you know, truth by his Holy Spirit. But the thing is, though, he will always honor you. He will always honor you. It is very, very powerful honor. 
Honor gets rid of gossip. People pocket behind the back because you don't need to. You just don't need to do this anymore. You're a son of the living God. We can speak the truth in love because we know that we are loved. But I'll tell you something, and that's very important. I, I've said it before, but Catherine and I, I had a revelation of this a couple of years ago when we had a bit of a marriage counseling weekend. I don't tell you what they told us to do, but that was really fun. I won't tell that because that's too embarrassing for most of you, but it's very good. It'll work out. It'll help your sex life. I'm talking about married people. If you want to have sex, you get married. Male, female, that's it. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> so I went to this thing, to this marriage thing, because we need some help. You, you need, uh, we need some help. <laughs> actually, I needed some help, I'll tell you. And anyway, what, what happened, well, I had a revelation that was actually very helpful, and, and it will help all of us. It's not just for marriages, but it's also for all of our relationship. I, I, I had to come to a place, and I had a revelation then, I don't even know how it came, that I'm going to make you my bottom line. Right? And because I had made my, my mother the bottom line for many, many years. She was, she was number one. It was Jesus, my mother, my wife. It doesn't work, you know. <laughs> not really. And I don't even know that I did it, but I did it. Mom, if you're watching. Oh, no, you're not. You're, you're in Suriname. But maybe you're watching. I love you, Mom. You know that. Um, but the thing is, though, what happened was, so the whole point was that I make her not only first in my life, but what I, what, I, what I said to her, and I tell you, this is a real challenge to live this way, is I am going to trust that what you say to me is based on honor and loving me unconditionally. Because that's what God does, right? God loves us unconditionally. He will never uh, be spiteful or retaliate or anything like that. He will discipline you only for your good, right? Always love, right? Sometimes what we do as parents, we don't, don't we? We sometimes can... You know, we kind of react out of whatever, anger or disappointment, whatever we do. But the thing is, though, I had to come to a place that our marriage is based on a foundation of that I will honor you and you will honor me, that we will always believe that you have the best in store for me. So what, when you say something to me that I don't like, then I have to say, okay, we agreed that you will only say things that are not out of reaction, but they're basically out of a genuine concern for me, you know? And she has a lot of concerns for me, you know? And, you know, <clears throat> you know? But we, but we do this together. We do this together, right? I tell you, it, it works, but it's really difficult. <laughs> honestly, it's so hard not to react sometimes, you know? So, so but, but honestly, and if you are married, but any relationship, if we learn to say the bottom line, our, us together, when we, as church members here, we together are in this family, and that we, we are committed to each other, with this. That means that I'm going to trust you when you speak to somebody else even about me, which you shouldn't do. If there's any problem, you come to me, right? But even so, I know that you always have me or Catherine or any of us as a high esteem because you love us and you know that I love you. See, I, I want nobody ever to think that I don't love you or, or honor you or whatever. I make mistakes. Catherine makes mistakes. Many of the people in our church will make You make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But if we make mistakes you know, in the sense of the bottom line is there, then honestly, we can speak the truth in love because you know that it's, that it's meant to be loving. You know it comes from a place of, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you better. I want you more glory. I want to help you. I tell you, it's a really, really good advice. And I'm trying to live by it, but it's not easy. It's not easy. But I think it is very, very powerful. 
See, in a culture of honor, we celebrate the person for who he or she is, but we don't stumble over what they're not, or not yet, right? So I know I've got a long way to go, right? And so do you, amen? But the thing is, though, what I'm trying to say is that we together can say, hey, listen, we honor for who you are. You are son of the living God, you're a daughter. Everybody's moving. Uh, daughter. Hope nobody's offended already. <laughs> I tell you, you, you won't get offended with this. You can't be offended with this. If you know you are unconditionally loved, you can't, I mean, you can't be offended with God, right? I mean, you can be angry with God because hey, I, don't understand, I, don't, I don't understand this stuff, right? But you can't really be offended with God because you know that he always has the best for you, right? Now, if we can believe that about all of us together, wouldn't it be amazing? Because then we can trust each other and we can speak truth into our lives and we can encourage and celebrate one another. And honestly, we really would have an amazing place here. Amen? Amen. What also happens is then you start honoring each other's gifts. You start to draw from them. I need other people's gifts. Catherine always says, I, I borrow Gideon's positivity. But my posi- positivity in, in, in um, strength finders is number one. So my, my number one is positivity. So I am quite positive generally in my life, right? Now, some people are not, right? And so Catherine, I'm not saying she's not, but I'm saying Catherine says, I always borrow my positivity. Now, what I borrow from her is like wisdom. I sometimes kind of react or quick, you know, or whatever, you know, or things, you know. But, but I said, Catherine, ooh, what's your wisdom? What do you think, you know? And then she's like this amazing, godly woman. And, and she is, has this wisdom because she's asked God for wisdom in her life. And God has given her incredible wisdom. So I need that wisdom. We all need each other's gifts. You know, when you honor a prophet, you know, when you love and honor a prophet, you get that prophet's reward. You know, being with Catherine Runala here two weeks ago, and she's a prophet and, of course, an apostle. And so being in her presence, when you honor her, you start to draw from her, and it brings you in a new place. See, we are all, we can bring each other in new places. You, us, together. We have this gift. You're not the sitter here. You don't just come to church, just as be here for two hours, just encourage and, and drum and fun and worship and stuff, and then go home and nothing. No, you have such an important contribution to make in this church but also in the world and you start building people up you start pulling people up into into the things that they are meant to be right so let's be that way amen it was because of lack of honor that Jesus could not perform miracles right in Matthew 6 4 a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except in his own hometown among his relatives in his own house he was unable to do great miracles except heal a few sick people. I wonder what the miracles were going to be, you know. A few sick people, you know. It's great, sick people. But he couldn't do everything. Now, I tell you, I was thinking about this as I was going. You know, we are family here, right? We know each other. It is very, very dangerous that we in our church here start doing this because this is our hometown. See, when Catherine and I go overseas, when I go in Holland, they, they honor me, respect me. I mean, you go too. But the thing is, there's something about it, and I just go for it. And there's like a, a thing there which they don't have here, because I'm just part of your church. I'm part of here. I'm just getting, you know. Come on, who do you think you are, you know? A bit like that. And when you're there, you're just, mm, from there, this is amazing. No, no, no. Like that, right? The thing is, it's so easy in our family of the familiar to pull each other down. It's just down the road, you know, not better than me, you know. You know. Serious. I mean, Jesus had it right here. And we can't all go overseas and go wherever we are to be like the better you in the sense of they see the better you. Why don't we learn to see the better of us right here? 
and start believing that not because of lack of honor that we can't become who we're meant to become. I tell you, we've got we to kick this tall poppy thing too, you know. Just, just kick it right out the door and start building up people as tall as totra trees. Amen? Amen. Well, honor releases heaven into your life. I'm almost done. Not really. We've got time anyway. I'm having fun. Have you got fun? Okay, good. Now, where am I? Prophet. Oh, so I've got some other examples of how honor basically through scripture brings the heaven into your lives. Only a few examples, but they're quite powerful examples. First of all, Ephesians 6. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life in the earth. Honor your father and mother. Even if you don't like them. Even if they've abused you, no father or mother is perfect. Honestly, this is not just a good suggestion from God. It is a divine revelation. It's a divine promise of God. When we honor our family, we have a great life. It is important to honor. We don't condone things that don't work. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about honor for who they are. They're your parents. I know that I am blessed because I've always honored my father and my mother. I know they always honor their father and their mother. And I've seen the blessing in their lives, in my life. I've seen the blessing in my kids' life because it goes on. I feel the honor of my kids into my life. It's healthy to honor because it is a divine promise of God. It will go well with you. You have a long life. Remember, we honor because we are honorable. We don't honor because they're always right. Please don't confuse those two. It's not about that. But we honor them for who they are. And then we, in love, say, hey, you can also grow. And my, my family does say things all the time. <laughs> you know? But if it lands on, see, I know with Johnny, for example, see him sitting right there in the back, you know, I know that he loves me unconditionally. So I know that I can always listen to him. The whole thing of bottom line again. I know I can listen to him because he's got the best for the church, the best for me, best for Catherine. So I will listen to him. And say, I want, I'm, I'm going to trust that you come out of this place of love for me, acceptance for me, honor for me as your parents, as the leaders here and whatever. And then I can draw, and then he will, he will draw from this, but I can draw from him and speak into my life and not get offended by it. Sometimes it upsets me because he says some really good things. You know, I think, how, it's 24, how did I not know this stuff? You know, I'm 55 now. You know, but that's how it goes, isn't it? That's all the stuff. Okay, what about an area of finance? I love this in finance. Proverbs 3.10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops of your income. Then your barns will be abundantly filled and your vets will overflow with new wine. What about the passion? It says here, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best or your first fruits. With every increase that comes to you, then every dimension in your life will overflow with blessing from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Now, again, I don't really know what you think about first fruits and tithing and all this kind of stuff. The only thing what I want to say to you, how it works for me, and how Scripture says here, that when you honor God with your first fruits, you say, my first part, like the first day that I do with my communion, when you say, Lord, I got this money, the first part goes to you. It's amazing what is released in your life because it is a divine ordinance. It's a divine ordinance from God. Please do it. Please try it if you've never done it before. Don't be afraid. You don't be given. We just talked about a spirit of fear, but of sound mind. You have the mind of Christ. There's promises that are so beautiful, and they bless you in your life. Now, some of you will get upset because I do this Leviticus Old Testament thing, but I just want to show it to you because that's Old Testament. How much more is the New Testament? 
Leviticus 27 said, The tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or soil, or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. It is not just a nice idea. It belongs, it is holy to the Lord. When I give my tithe, when Catherine and I give every month to the church, we give our tithe, and above it we give to missions and all kinds of stuff. But the thing is that when we do, I always say, Lord, this is the first fruits. I honor you. I worship you. Lord, everything I get is from you. And now I can bless you back. And I know that when I put you first, that you will again bless me. And you will pour out everything into my life that I need. And more, because I can then bring uh, money and, and funds and resources to other people. Amen? Amen. Let's do it. Another one is very good. It's the whole thing of loving your enemies. It's quite a hard one, this one. Matthew 5. Who said yet? <laughs> you don't have enemies, Frank, do you? The Kahalian Matthew has got Frank. It's the most wonderful man I know. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of the Father of Father in heaven. I, don't, I love this in the Passion Translation. Look at this. Beloved, don't be obsessed by taking, uh, but with taking revenge, but leave it to God's righteous justice. For the scripture says, if you don't take justice in your own hands, many of us do this. I will release justice over you. Isn't it wonderful? The only thing God wants us to do is to love and to honor our enemies, even the ones you don't like. I mean, often enemies you don't like, don't you? You know? Even the wallabies, you know? I mean, come on, even the guy who punched yesterday, you know, that great punch, that one? Sinbin, you know? Love him. Love your enemies. We love our enemies. We honor our enemies because honor releases favor in your life and God starts to work on your behalf. I'd rather that God works on my behalf than myself or even my wife. Come on. God does it. What we have the honor to do is to love and to honor other people. And I think it's absolutely wonderful. And it's just a wonderful way to live. And I suggest that we all live in this way. Can the band come up, please? Got two more scriptures. One here. In the Passion Translation, this is verse, the same scripture I did before. Listen to me. Don't look at the musicians. Look, listen to me. Look at me. Look at the screen. It's very powerful. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward Him boiling hot. Come on. This is scripture. It's not me saying. I know you. I'm positive. I get that. I love Jesus, you know. I'm just loving Jesus. I mean, that's awesome, you know. I mean, I love Jesus all the time. But the thing is, though, come on. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord with passion. That's not all. Look, look, watch this. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Do you see some glowing here? Yeah. And let it fill you with excitement as you serve Him. It's not a drag. It's, a, it's an honor to serve Him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual Kingdom of God's righteousness, peace, and joy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. All that stuff is joy. I see how happy you are. You guys are just sitting here. <sighs> One day, Catherine. One day. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the need of God's beloved people. Respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as your guests in your home. Speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject you, persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be as mindful of one another's worth as you are of your own. Well, that's the word for somebody. You are worth something. 
You are worthy. You're wonderful. And now we can worth other, make worthy other people. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve other people. But be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humbly minded. Don't be smug. It's in the Bible. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even. But plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Look at this. Plan your life. It's amazing. Plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others with your gifts, your talents, and your life. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. My parents used to say to me, you can't, you can't be everybody's friend. And I know what, what they mean. We can't be everybody's friend. But here in the Bible it says, do your best to live as everybody's friend. As you know, you can't be everybody's friend. But what you can do is have a friend's attitude. To everybody. Now I try and do this. I try and honor people as a friend. That's why often if, when I communicate with you, I often text, you know, whenever I do stuff with you guys, you often see, thanks my friend. Because I have an attitude of, I, I see you as my friend. Not maybe be a close friend in a sense of, you know, like buddy, buddy, we go skiing together. But, but I want to have an attitude for you as friends. Let, let's, let's see each other as friends. We're friends from God, friend of God. Let's friend, let's have the attitude, that's friend, honor. But the greatest honor is for Jesus. We honor Him with all of love. He's the only one who's worthy of our worship. He's the only one who's worthy of our praise. Now we're going to worship in a minute and just go hard at it. And you just got to give it all, right? But before you do, maybe somebody here in this building does not know Jesus. And so you can't really enter into the worship. You can't really honor Jesus. Maybe... There's somebody here, you came here for the first time or somebody brought you and you don't know Jesus. You haven't been born again of His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has not been come into your life and changed your life from the inside out. And you need Jesus. Everybody, every ear, 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 not ear, eye closed, head bowed. Is there anybody here, you, say, you know you talk about honor, Gideon. See, Jesus for God so loved the world that He sent Jesus. So that anyone who believes in Him and the sacrifice that He made for you on your behalf would have eternal life. Now the greatest way we can honor is to accept the gift. Is there anybody in this place that I wanted to not today, I want to honor the gift that Jesus has given me. I want to receive Jesus into my life. All eyes closed. Is there anybody else? Anybody out here? Just put your hand up for a moment and I know who you are and I want to pray for you in a minute. Is there anybody here? The most important decision you will ever make in your life is to let Jesus come into your life. Is there anybody here who has not done this yet? Thank you so much. Anybody else? The most important thing you'll ever do in your life, the greatest honor is to love Him. He gave you the greatest honor by becoming a human being. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Is there anybody else today? Do it now. Well, that's wonderful. Let's just all pray together with that person because it's the most wonderful decision that you have made. Just follow me in this prayer. Let's all follow me so that we, that person's not alone. Say, so Lord Jesus, come into my life. Thank you, Lord. I receive your forgiveness today. I forgive your, I, I, I receive your life today. 
Come into my life and make me a new creation. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today, I make you Lord of my life. And I will love you forever. Amen.